Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. Why don't you look at the person next to you and tell them faithfulness opens doors. Come on, tell them one more time. Faithfulness opens doors. I want to talk to you about that. And we're going to see a, a biblical story. And I want to prove to you. And so you can see through the word how important faithfulness is. Why? Because in the days we're living, people don't value faithfulness. I mean, it's hard to find a faithful person. It's not that easy. It's hard to find somebody that you can count on. And if you go with me to the book of Galatians, chapter 5, 22 and 23 says this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, hello, gentleness, and self-control. So I want you to, let's pay attention to this as, as a means of introduction. The Holy Spirit, which is God living inside of us, the part of God that is in us. God the Father is in the throne. Jesus is sitting to the right hand of the Father. But we have a part of God, which is the Holy Spirit that lives in us. And as long as you let him, he is producing something that we call a fruit. Right? How many of you guys like to eat fruit? Raise your hand. What's your favorite food? Any, any, your favorite fruit? Pineapple. Mango. Guayaba. <laughs> Got some Cubans in the house. Oh, any, anything else? Grace. My kids love all kinds of fruit. They love all kinds. They do, the, they do kiwi, dragon fruit. They, all kinds of fruit. They love everything. I love fruits. Fruits are good. But here it's saying that the Holy Spirit produces, and it mentions like nine things, but it's only one fruit. And this is what I want to get across today because sometimes we, we picture as a tree with a lot of apples and, and, you know, well, I have joy, but I don't have peace. Or I have kindness, but I don't have faithfulness. But it doesn't work that way. It's just one fruit. How many of you guys took your vitamins today? Anybody? You guys take vitamins? Okay, some of you guys took vitamins. They have these things called multivitamins. It's just one pill. Somebody's excited about vitamins back there. <laughs> you just have one pill, but you take it and you get vitamin B, vitamin D, vitamin C, folic acid. You get all these vitamins all in one pill. And that's what I want you to picture the fruit of the Spirit. It's one fruit. It's just one fruit, but it has all these things. It has love. It has joy. It has peace. It has patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So today, we're going to be speaking about this part of the one fruit called faithfulness. And I want to show you how faithfulness opens doors for you. Now, what is faithful? What's the definition of faithful? Faithful means remaining loyal and steadfast. Remaining loyal and steadfast with an emphasis on remaining. Sometimes we think that faithful is just being loyal but it's not just about being loyal for a season or being loyal for a certain time. When you talk about faithfulness, it talks, there, there's a time aspect to it. It's been tested through time. A person has persevered in the good and the bad, and they've remained faithful. If they were just faithful when it was going good, then they weren't faithful. 
They were just loyal for a certain period of time. So faithfulness not just talks about how, how steadfast we are and how loyal and how committed we are with what we promise to do or say we're going to do, but it talks about continuity. It talks about time. So when someone's faithful, it means that they're invariable. They, they can be counted on. Even if situations around that person changes, what they promised to do or the word that they said that they were going to comply with, they will do it because they're faithful. So let me start with this. I want to show you, and I want to talk to you a little bit about God's faithfulness towards us. God's faithfulness towards us, and then we're going to talk about our faithfulness towards God. All right? So in his word, God gives us some advice. Faithfulness is an attribute, an attribute of God. Okay, what does that, what's an attribute of God? It's a quality. It's a characteristic of God. It's part of who he is. It's not something he does. It's part of his nature. So when we say God is faithful, we're not saying that God, God does faithfulness. It means that God is faithful. When we say that God is love, we don't say that God loves. It goes beyond that. God is love. Right? So when I tell somebody I love you, it, God is in the midst of that because God is love. I'm pronouncing love and God is love, right? So look what it says here in Psalms 89, verse 30 to 33. This is back in the law, right? When things weren't like it is now. Before Jesus, there was no grace and it was the law. Tooth for a tooth, nail for nail. So God says this, if his sons forsake my law and they don't follow my statutes or my commandments... If they value, I'm sorry, if they violate my decrees and fail to keep my commandments, I will punish their sin with the rod, their iniquity with flogging. But I will not take my love from him, nor will I ever betray my faithfulness. So even in the law, when people were up to no good and say, I don't believe in God, when they, did, when they would do stuff that was contrary to what God said that they should do, even to that point, he says, look, I will never, I will never stop loving them and I will never betray my faithfulness. God is faithful regardless. How many say amen? Can we give God a, a clap offering because of that? Can we exalt him? Because he's not like us that we're, we're faithful conditionally. He is faithful, absolutely. So 1 John 1, 9, it says another way God is faithful. It says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So here's another way God is faithful. He says, when we mess up, Obviously, we have to confess our sins. That's the condition. But if I messed up, if you messed up today getting ready and, and, and you slammed your little toe against the, the corner of your bed or against your, and you said a word that it's not in the Bible, right? And, oh man, God, I'm sorry. I just, uh, right? The Bible says that as long as you confess your sin, he is faithful to forgive sin. And what does that mean? That means that, man, there's not going to be a time where you confess your sins that he won't forgive. Never. Never. Because he is faithful. 2 Timothy 2.13, it says, If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. Isn't that crazy? That's what true faithfulness is. It's not dependent on what you are or how you treat me. If I'm faithful, I'm going to be faithful. Period. So, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Because he is 
faithful. He can't deny himself. He can't do otherwise because that is his true nature. It's the nature of God to be faithful, and he cannot help himself but to be faithful. That's why also when you read his word, you have to understand that his word, the Bible, is faithful. It's not just like reading your newspaper. It's not somebody's opinion. I know it's, it's an account of a lot of people that were inspired by the Holy Spirit. I get that. But because they were inspired of the Holy Spirit, it is truth. And whatever you read there, if you believe it by faith, there's faithfulness in his words. Yes, I believe that if I bring my tithe and I honor God with my money, he's going to bless me. He's going to open up doors. He's going to prosper me, not just in money issues, but he's going to make sure that I'm living a healthy life. He's going to take care of my children. He's going to give me wisdom. He's going to, right? Prosperity is very, a very wide and um, a broad statement. It includes all these things. I know that if I obey God, if I put my trust in his word, then I'm going to receive everything that he promised. How many say amen? He is faithful to his word. All right, so now that we got that down packed, let's talk a little bit about our faithfulness to God because I want you to tell your neighbor, the person sitting closest to you, tell them God expects faithfulness from us. Same way he is faithful, and he's never going to expect you to do something that he doesn't already give to you or offer you, but God wants us to be faithful. And this is where the challenge comes, because sometimes we're conditionally faithful, right? And he gives us a piece of advice. I want you to go with me to Proverbs chapter 3, verse uh, 3 and 4, and the wise King Solomon wrote this, and he says this, never let loyalty which is a synonym for faithfulness, and kindness leave you. Never let faithfulness and kindness leave you. Never. Never is never. When you feel like killing somebody, never let faithfulness and kindness leave you. Right? Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God, but not just God, and people, and you will earn a good reputation. So look what it's saying. It's saying that we should never, never disregard or leave faithfulness to the side. It says that we should do two things. Tie them around your neck. You can go out of here and go to Case Jewelers, go to, you know, your favorite jewelry store and say, man, I want a, I want a chain with a big old sign that says faithfulness so that I never forget to be faithful to God. That's fine. But that's not going to do you, that's not going to be enough. He's saying, look, tie it around your neck, but not just your neck. It's not something you carry. It's something you got to live. Write it in your heart. Write it deep in your heart so that you never forget. I need to be faithful. I think that that's what God is doing with us today. The purpose of us being here is so that, man, God, I want to be faithful. Not just towards you, but towards people too. Because the Bible says that that's how we earn a good reputation with God and with people. How many are learning something today, right? It's the word of God. So I know what some of you guys are probably thinking. Well, pastor, I am faithful. Pastor, I am faithful. When I, when I say something, right, I always try to keep my word. When I say I'm going to pay something, I promise to pay, I, I pay. When I made a commitment to love, I've loved. When I have promised, I've come through. <clears throat> and then we add this little disclaimer, to the best of my abilities. You guys ever heard of that? I've tried to do this, and I've done the best that I can. 
And you add that little disclaimer. And sometimes we consider ourselves so faithful that we even think that this is not a topic for us. This is not for me. You're not going to stay home today. And, you know, I'm, I'm a faithful person. This is probably for Felicia. <laughs> this, is, this is probably for my friend that I know. He, he should have been here today in the service. But Proverbs 26 says, Many will say that they are loyal friends. But who can find one who is truly reliable? Hello. Who is going to find one who's... Everybody here at one point or another has promised someone something and you didn't comply. Right? Starting with me. Everyone. And sometimes it's not that we're bad people. <clears throat> sometimes it's just that something... Situations happen that for whatever reason you couldn't comply with a promise. Something happened. An emergency happened. You couldn't comply. But all of us at one point or in time, intentionally or unintentionally, have promised and did not keep our word. So it's saying many will say that they're loyal, that they're faithful. But who can find one who is truly reliable? So in speaking with some of the business owners we have here in church, one of the things that they tell me is like, man, outside the church... With people that don't know the Lord, don't live by his principles. It's so hard to find people that are faithful. I've heard stories about uh, business owners that had employees steal from them. I've, had, I've heard stories of um, people having the, the, the kind of attitude that, well, you pay me little, then I'll work little. Right? You pay me the minimum, I'll work the minimum. But how many of you believe that that's not the way to get ahead in life? Man, even if they pay you little, if you're just an employee, even in a fast food restaurant, wherever you are, man, even if you're starting in the bottom, man, make pretend you own that place. Work like if that's your place. Give it your best. Be faithful to the person that gave you the opportunity because whether it comes from your boss or whether it comes to, for somebody that came in and ordered a, you know, a Big Mac or whatever, but when, when they see, when people see your dedication and your level of excellence and how you're doing things with faithful heart and not complaining and doing things, that is going to open doors for you. Wherever you are working today, be the best employee that you can be. Amen? Because that's going to open doors. You never know who is going to see you. Every employee should always work with a business owner mindset. Like if you own the joint. Like I own this place. So I'm going I'm to give it my all. And people are going to see that. And God blesses you for that. So if you ever feel discouraged in your job. Maybe there's people here discouraged. Or feel discouraged in your marriage. Or feel discouraged in a relationship. Feel discouraged in anything that you're going through. In your life, I want you to remember a guy in the Bible. He's a hero, albeit a, a very little known guy, a very little known hero. It's a guy that we don't hear about a lot, and he's found in the book of Acts. His name is Matthias, and I want to read to you a little bit about him. He just pops up out of nowhere, and never again does the Bible mention this guy. You're probably sitting there thinking, who in the world is Matthias? I never heard of him. All right? So look, look at what's going on. In the book of Psalms, there was a prophecy given long before Jesus even was born. And the prophecy talked about that while Jesus is, is going to be, you know, living and walking, he's going to have some followers, but one of them is going to do him wrong. We all know who he is because we're in the future and we already know that who betrayed him. Come on, guys. You guys got to help me out here. Come on. Judas. All right. 
you're here with me. Judas betrayed him. So even before Jesus was born, this was a prophecy. One of them is going to act like, like he's no good. He's going to betray Jesus. And then there's going to be only 11 left. So the prophecy said that we need to replace that person that's no longer part of the, Jesus 12. And we need to make the group whole again. So here is Jesus already resurrected. He died. And, and the disciples were there. They're watching him go up. And, and now they're, you know, they're asking for the, the Holy Spirit. Because that's what Jesus told them to do. And they're all praying. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit prompts them and says, Hey, listen, guys, this is the time. You guys are only 11. We got to complete the 12. We got to find the missing person. So they started praying. And in Acts 1.24, join me. We're going to read a few verses right there. It says, they all prayed, oh Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry. For he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. And I want you to understand this, man. This is not just, hey, we need to choose somebody that could, you know, sweep up the church. We need, to, we need to choose a leader that will help us in the worship team. Man, we're talking about the highest position available. We're talking about apostleship. We're talking about the same position as Simon Peter, as John, as all these apostles that Jesus went and said, follow me. And they left everything to follow Jesus. The ones that worked miracles and did crazy things along Jesus. This is like the... The climax of Christianity, of the calling of God. It wasn't a small thing. So Jesus says, like, we, God tells them, we need to finish off this group. So they're praying. And I want you to pay close attention to the qualifications that God says must be present in this person who's going to fill this position. What qualification needs to be in this person that's going to be an apostle of Jesus Christ and finish these, this group of 12? Verse 21 says, So now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John, how many of you guys remember that? When John the Baptist baptized Jesus from that day until the day he was taken from us. Until the day they saw him leaving in the clouds. Whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. And when they started, well, let's see who's been with us from the start. Oh, this guy's pretty cool, man. This guy's been a Yeah, but he wasn't there when John baptized Jesus. And out. No, can't be it. So they came up with two names. Two people have been there from the start to the finish. And Acts 1 verse 23 says they nominated two men. Joseph called Barsabas, also known, known as Justice, which means just, and Matthias. It's hard to compete with somebody that their name is just, right? I mean, somebody, if, oh, this guy's just, I mean, that's it. He takes the prize. He's, he's the man, right? But he didn't win, actually. Uh, it was just Bar, uh, Barsabas, which was his name, or Joseph and Matthias. These were the two guys. And when they finished praying, this is actually pretty funny. The Bible says, I guess they didn't hear God's voice or God didn't give them a confirmation. So they just rolled the dice. They said, well, let's go. Uh, let's flip a coin. The Bible says that they cast lots, which means, listen, uh, whoever comes out, both of these have been faithful. Both of these have been from the beginning to the end with Jesus. So let's just flip a coin. Let's cast lots and see what God says let's see who gets picked 
Some of you guys that buy lotto tickets, we pray, God, let me get the winning numbers, right? Cast lots. We need a leader. They start praying. God, who's going to finish these 12? They cast lots, and whoever makes it and whoever gets selected, welcome to the exclusive group of Jesus 12. Come join us. And the Bible says that Matthias was selected. Acts 1.26 says, then they cast lots and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. So I want, I want you to pay attention to this. I want you to see what the qualification for Matthias was. What was the qualification to fulfill this such important position of apostleship? And I want you to notice that it had nothing to do with whether he preached good. It had nothing to do with if he sang nice. It had nothing to do on his leadership abilities or his creativity to, you know, do things outside of the norm. He just needed to have been faithful in the ups and downs. That's it. And I think that Matthias is there in the Bible to let us know that, man, it's not about your, what you can offer. It's not, it, God just wants you to know if you are willing to be there. If you're willing to be available for what God wants to use you and the way that God wants to use you, not the way that you want or expect him to use you. Sometimes we try to control God. Say, God, I'll use you, but use me in this. And God wants you to use you in a different way. Right? And God is just waiting. And that's the condition that was, you know, that, that was needed to fulfill this so important position. I imagine Matthias, the type of person that he was always in church, right? If Matthias would have been living in this time, he would always be in church, serving. I even will go as far as to think he wasn't a visible person. He never appeared in the Bible before this or even after this. We don't know what happened with Matthias ever again. I, we know that he was one of the apostles, but we don't know. We just don't know. And I think that goes to tell us and to show us that he wasn't a, a visible person and that God is not in, you know, in the business of looking for people that want to be, you know, I want people to know me. No, you know, as a servant of God, when people see us, they need to see him. And that should be our greatest. So I imagine Matthias, a behind the scenes type of guy, a guy that did everything with all his heart, not looking for men's recognition, not looking for people to applaud him, right? Not hungry for recognition, not needing to be mentioned in the Bible. He didn't do anything for any other reason than to please God. And that's why he was chosen, even above justice. Huh? So we don't know much about him. We don't know if he spoke well. The Bible doesn't tell us if he was a great preacher, a great, a, a great speaker. We don't know if he sang. We don't even know if he worked miracles. It doesn't tell us any of this. The Bible doesn't mention anything that he had done to attract attention to himself. But he definitely caught the eye of God. And I think that what God wants to tell us and, and, and what he brought us here to make sure that we look inwardly and say, man, the way I'm living life and the way I'm responding to God's call, is it something that attracts God's eye? When I serve God, is, do I serve him in a way that attracts God's eye? He says, look, I could take this person higher because he's been faithful, as we're going to see now, in the little. I've entrusted him with something small. But he's been faithful and he does it with all his heart, not expecting anything in return. I can use this person. And I think that God wants us to 
look inside of us and see if that's the way we serve God, if that's the way we're responding to him. This was a qualification not based on talent. It wasn't based on skill, knowledge, or even education. And God wants you to know that he doesn't choose people because of their knowledge of him. God doesn't choose you because you've memorized Psalm 119, which is the longest chapter in the entire Bible. Right? He doesn't, that's not his qualification. He just wants you to know that you're there. In the good and in the bad. How many say amen? Can we give God praise in this house? Yeah. That's all he's after. It's based on faithfulness and loyalty. And God just wants, wants us, he wants to know, will you be there when I need you? Will you be available? Will you answer my call when I call you? As simple as that. I want, I want to know if you were and stayed there through thick and thin. So it doesn't matter if what you're doing for God today is small. Look what Luke 16, 10 says. If you are faithful in little things, everybody say little things. If God, what God entrusted you is small right now, but if you're faithful in that small, you will be faithful in large ones. God promotes you based on faithfulness. Just, just with, with kids, I'm a parent, I have small kids, I can't, I can't give Luca my car. That'd be disastrous. He loses life. I'm not a bad parent because I don't give him my car. I'm a smart parent. He can't handle it. But I could give him an allowance. And I could tell him, look, you're going to get this, but you got, you got to do chores. And if he's faithful in the little, he'll work his way up to the, the day of tomorrow having a car and having a house. And that, that's the way it works. But in the spiritual as well, sometimes we want God to give us great things and great, God, use me. I want to I speak to people in stadiums. I want to pack stadiums with people listening to me worship you and, and, and for them to join my, hold on, hold on. Are you being faithful in the little? Are you being faithful in smiling to your neighbor now? Are you faithful in when nobody's watching, ministering to God, worship in your room? And just telling him how much you love him when nobody's watching. Or are you just about a performance? Or are you just about seeking recognition and doing stuff? So this is what God is trying to tell us. That man, faithful in the little things. And then it says, but if you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So that goes, I've heard people say, pastor, when I win the mega million jackpot, I'm going to bring 20% to the church. Not even tithe. I'm going to Listen, if you can tithe 10%, I read my Bible, my Bible says you will not bring a dime over here, right? Because if you're dishonest, if you're not honest and loyal in the little, you won't be it, right? Now, if somebody wins it, praise God, we receive the tithes of mega millions here with open arms <laughs> to do God's will. They were present from baptism to resurrection. Listen, they were present from baptism to resurrection the whole time through even if people don't see what you do the main boss up there he's always looking how many believe that he's always looking he's looking he knows the intentions of your heart he knows whether you've written faithfulness in the depths of your heart like he challenged us at the beginning with the first verse we read he knows because he studies you he knows you he knows why you do things and if you do things so they had to be present the entire time they traveled with Jesus. Now, let's, 
let's think about the, the different things they have experienced. There were some pretty good moments walking with Jesus. Am I right? I mean, they got a, what would be your most incredible story in Jesus' time that you would have liked to have participated in? Anybody? The what? Lazarus death. Yeah, that's a biggie. Definitely, man. I want to see that guy get up. I'll, you know, it's crazy. Even stunk, but the power of God in that world was so strong that lifted him up. What other? Anybody else? The bread and the fish, how it multiplied. Yeah, I wanted to see them with my bare eyes. How did it happen, right? Anybody else? How he walked on water. Yes, I would have liked to have walked on water, right? Like Peter, right? Uh, such amazing things. They, they saw some crazy things. But listen, they also went through situations where Jesus disappeared. The storm, before they, Peter walked on water, they were in the storm and Jesus was nowhere, nowhere, to be find, nowhere to be found. One of the accounts even says, Lord, why do you sleep? And this was another time. Why do you sleep? And you, you don't care that we're about to perish? So they went through situations, one of them where Jesus was asleep while they're going through the storm, another one where he wasn't even present, and God, how, how? So he wanted to know that whoever was going to fill this position needed to be there when things were good, but also stick when things were not so good, when things were bad, when things were, oh man, I think that we, this could be it. We could die here. We could die. This storm, we, we could drown here. Nobody knows what happened. So God says, I can only use those who were present in the good, but also present in the bad. That's why I can't understand bandwagon fans, you know? The people that, oh, they, they're Miami Heat fans when the Heat are in the finals, right? Yeah, let's go. Or the Marlins. God is looking for some diehard Dolphin fans. Woo! Sports people know what I'm talking about. Some people that are, man, that you can cheer when you're 1 in 15, baby, right? Right. Let's go. We got a sack. We're going to win our first game. God is looking for some people that are just ride or die in the good and in the bad. Faithful people who will worship and live in obedience no matter what. He's looking for someone who would walk with Jesus through the thick and thin. He's looking for faithful people who will come to church when you feel like it or even when you don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. Like you just push through and say, look, I, that's the place. Sunday is the Lord's day. I have to, I have, it's part of his commandments, man. This is the day in the week that I come to honor. I'm not going to touch it. I don't even feel like coming, but I'm going to go. I'm going to tell myself you are going to go. He's looking for faithful people that will shine with your life group in times of freedom, but also amidst of threats and persecution. Are there any faithful people here who know what I'm talking about? Yeah? Faithful in the midst of confusion. Faithful in the valley. Faithful in the desert. Faithful when you don't feel like it. Faithful when someone offends you and does you wrong in the church. <laughs> You know, the problem we have nowadays is that we have a lot of greenhouse Christians. They only thrive and they only flourish in a protected environment, right? They flourish when everything's fine. There's no wind. There's no, oh, no, I can't have too much sun because it'll burn my leaves. And I can't, the rain and the, but the minute the elements start falling, that's it. They're, they're done. 
They're faithful to God as long as there's, you know, no challenges. But the minute the elements begin to hit, the wind blows, the rain starts falling, they get weak, and they forget their assignment. The assignment that God had given, look this, be faithful in this, be faithful. If you're faithful in this, then I have bigger things for you. But you, you can't skip steps. You can't fool God and go from one to four, right? You got to start in one, be faithful, and then he'll take you to level two. So be faithful. God is still searching for men and women who will walk with him all the time. Not just when it's convenient, not just when it's easy, all the time. And it is sometimes those difficult situations, walking with God through those difficult situations that helps develop our faith and our trust in God. How many say amen? Sometimes it's the difficult moments where he teaches us that we don't have to feel him to know that he's there. You can go through a series of difficult times and persevere and be faithful. And that teaches you that the next time you go through something, hey, I've been here before. I don't need God to come and wake me up in the middle of the night and say, hey, by the way, Jonathan, I'm here. I'm gone anywhere. I don't, I don't need that. By faith, God is with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against this challenge. I don't need to hear God. I don't need to. I know he's with me. So I'm going to stay faithful. And I've learned that if I remain faithful in times of difficulty, he will reward my faithfulness. And this is what I want to finish off with. There is a reward for faithfulness. There's a prize. Y'all like prizes? Yeah? I like prizes. Prizes. It's a, when you're faithful, there is a reward that comes after. You can't get the reward before being faithful. You can't say, God, let me see what the reward is. It doesn't work that way. You have to be faithful, but there's a reward that comes after and this is in the Bible, Proverbs 28, 20. It says, a faithful person will be richly blessed. Listen to me. Maybe this is what you needed to hear today. A faithful person will be richly, there's an adjective there, okay? Richly blessed. Not just any blessing. This is, we're talking about God's blessing, all right? We're talking about somebody coming up to you and saying, oh, let me give you a $15 gift card to Starbucks, right? We're talking about rich blessings a faithful person one that's been there through the thick and through the thin through the good and through the bad will be richly blessed but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished will not go unpunished there are people here right now sitting right there where you are that you've thought about quitting you've thought about quitting in different areas of your life maybe quitting your marriage because you're sick of the situation or of the other person. And you guys just aren't getting along. I'm sick. I'm going to throw I'm done. That's it. This is the last week that I'm, I can't stand her. I can't stand him. You're done. Maybe you're thinking that way about God. I'm done with all this and just believing God and going to church. And, then, and you're about to throw the towel. Well, I'm here to tell you that you can't throw the towel. You can't. It's not an option. That's just not the type of people that we are. The Bible says that we, we don't look. We don't, we're not the kind of people that retreat. We're the kind of people that move forward, that we press forward. Yeah, with adversity and with the wind blowing against us, but we don't stay still. We move forward. So you don't have an option. I tell you this on behalf of the Lord. You don't have an option to give up. You don't have an option to quit. You got to press forward. You got to keep going. We're not the kind that backs up. We can't give up. This is not the place where we throw in the towel. 
In my many years in the church, I've seen many of you guys come with broken homes. I've seen people come bound to alcoholism and God just set them free. I've seen people come bound to drugs and marriages that were crumbled, literally divorced already. One living in one country, another one living in another. And I've seen how God restored them. And I've seen that even going through those difficult circumstances, they kept on coming. And they kept on lifting their hands and worshiping God. And they kept on being present. And things maybe didn't change from one week to another. Maybe not even from one month to another. But today you're sitting here and you are a testimony of the faithfulness of God to come through and bless you richly when you're faithful. When you're just present. When you're like Matthias that, listen, we don't know what the heck this guy did. You know, we don't know if he's healed people. All we know is that he was present from beginning to end. And sometimes that's all that God requires. Man, just be present because when you're present, you will hear God's voice. You will get reminded of what, and God will insert you into his path. He'll give you direction from everything else. But everything starts with just being present. So you kept coming, worshiping God with big problems in your shoulders, and, and now you're strong in God. You have a testimony. I could ask people to raise their hand right now, and a lot of you would say, amen, that was my, that was my life. That's what happened to me. Now you got testimonies because you've seen firsthand how God blesses the faithfully, the faithful richly. How God blesses the faithful richly. Mm. But then that mentality of just doing the minimum. Oh God, tell me what I just got to do. What, what's the bare minimum? What are my prerequisites so that I could be saved and live a Christian life? What I, always wanting to do the minimum or faking it. And pretending, doing things for the wrong motivation. Or being present when all is well, but then when things start, you know, when the heat starts turning up, you say, whoa, let me back off a little. Time out. By doing so, all you're doing is disqualifying yourself from the high places that God wants to take you. God has plans for your life. You might be in level one, but God wants, that's not where he wants you to end. You may start there, but God wants to take you deeper. But it's your faithfulness and your determination. What determines how far God's going to take you. Does he have plans for greatness for every one of you guys? Yes. A hundred percent. The Bible says it. For I know the plans that you have for me, Lord. Plans of good, not of evil. To give us a future. To give us hope. To give us... God has plans. Amazing plans. But are you standing in between them or not? Are you being faithful? Are you trusting God? God can look beyond those that are smarter than you and bless you and give you the blessing that apparently belong to them or the, those that are more talented than you. Say, God, man, I mean, why, why do you bless me so much? I mean, there's, there's people that are more qualified. Yeah, but they didn't stick in, you know, through the thick and they just, you know, they were here when the times were good, but they're not, but you were faithful. So God can overlook those that are more qualified than you and bless you. So as I finish, the highest calling of the New Testament church, the highest position somebody could have, apostleship. Apostleship. I'm going to be one of the 12 of Jesus Christ. And the only thing Matthias did to receive that was just being there. Why don't you look at somebody close to you and tell them, look, don't, don't belittle the importance of just being here. Don't belittle the importance of just praying in your house. Sometimes you think, oh, prayer, I gotta pray. Man, you know how powerful prayer is? 
just be there. You don't have to see God. You don't have to see an apparition. You know, like we said the other day, you don't have to see the face of God printed on a tortilla. Oh my God, just a sign. No, no, faith, faithfulness, right? And you got to love that because it gives us hope. I can, look, I can look back and if I didn't do one single thing, in the last 35 years when my dad started this church in our apartment building here in Fountain Blue, 1983, my sister and I, my mom and my dad, that's how, that's how JDP started. Because my dad's church closed and, and he was praying to God and God told him, look, you start a church. Start talking to your, you know, to the people that live in the complex in the building. And that's how the church started. And God was looking at that. God was looking at the faithfulness if we were, you know, William and my dad, he used to work. He was a chef. Make, no, at that time he owned a business. He was a he used to have, my dad had a company called Bye Bye Bugs. Bye Bye Bugs. He was an exterminator. And he used to exterminate buildings and hotels and restaurants late at night after they were closed. And he would make good money. In a couple of hours, he would make good money. But it got to the point where God said, look, I don't want you to give out one more business card because you, I'm calling you. Leave it all for full-time ministry. When we were just eight, okay, how are my kids going to eat? How am I going to have to pay? And he did it. He walked by faith and faithfulness. Today, you see everything that how God richly rewarded him for his faithfulness. And God's dealing the same way with you. Maybe not, maybe you have a calling to be a pastor, but you are a child of God and God has plans for you. Proverbs 24.10 says, if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. Hello. If you fail under pressure, if when things, when things start, you know, turning up hot, you start going through a lot of pressure and you fail, your strength is too small. And I think that God wants to build up our strength today. Build up our strength today. When someone, when somebody will get up and tell Matthias something like, an FIU professor once told me, it was religion analysis. And she said, Jesus didn't multiply the breads and the fish. The miracle was that everybody started sharing. Matthias would raise his hand and say, nope, I was there. When they started saying, what? Jesus, that's, that's phony. That's just, that's fake news. <laughs> Jesus did not resurrect Lazarus. Come on. He was three days in the tomb he was smelly you think that is that's fake news Matthias would be like nope I was there I saw it when they were anything anything that had happened when when they probably said well that that schizo the the gathering that was demon possessed he wasn't fully delivered they helped him out they clothed him a bit but he was back to his normal self and Matthias said nope nope I was there I was a witness. And I want you to understand this, that all God is looking for is for people to be there, present in the good and in the bad. Present when things are going good for you and your family and your finances and your health, but also faithful when things are going not the way you want it to. And you don't understand, God, why? You're a healer. Why am I sick? God, you promised to provide and I'm a tither. Why isn't it coming through? What? What are you trying to, but I trust in you. I'm going to remain faithful. I'm not going to stop serving you. I'm going to serve you even more. 
Because if you have revelation, you know that when things get tight, the way to fight against it is you start serving more. You start being more committed. And when you show God that you're a faithful person, I don't have to repeat it. Proverbs 28, 20 says it. A faithful person will be richly blessed. How many say amen? Can we stand today? Can we give God praise? Stand on your feet. And I want to do a prayer for you guys. And I want to pray over you. And I don't know who God has spoken to today. I don't know how your commitment to God is. I don't know where you are in your walk with God. I don't know where God is trying to take you. But I do know that this works. And I know that his word is true. We talked about today that he is faithful to his word. And if you are faithful today, if you are willing to say, God, look, whatever you need from me, whatever you want to use me in, the little that I got, even if it's not much to offer, I just, even if it just means being here and faithful to you, you can count on me. And if that's your heart, let me tell you, God's going to do amazing things because there's a lot of people hurting out there. There's a lot of people hurting out there. But because there's so many people not willing to be here and faithful in the good and the bad, sometimes just looking or doing things to see what I can get out of instead of doing it, you know, because you love God, then we don't see the church being the effective church that Christ is looking for. So, Father, I thank you for all the hearts that received this word openly, that God didn't let this pass them by and they said that words for me God I need to work on my faithfulness God I pray that you give them determination I pray that your Holy Spirit now will strengthen their commitment and by them taking the decision and making the decision of being faithful that your Holy Spirit will give them strength where strength is needed to persevere even when it's difficult God I believe that even right now there's people that are here going through difficult situations it's not one of their best times in their lives, God, because they're struggling in a certain area in their lives, but they're here, God. And your word says that you richly bless those that are faithful. So I thank you, God, for what you're doing in their lives. And I want to ask everyone that's here, everyone that's watching this uh, virtually, if you want to open your heart to Jesus so he can come into your life and direct your path and help you, it's so much easier. Sometimes we're living life blindfolded, trying to do trying to do life the best we think possible or based on what other people have advised us to. But why don't you, we have the source, we have the word of God. We have the Holy Spirit that can guide you and take you by the hand, God himself, and show you how to live a blessed life, a happy life. How, how you can not lose your joy and your peace no matter what's going on around you. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, God shows us how to do this. But you have to let them into your heart. So if you want to do that today, I want you to say this prayer with me aloud. Confess it with your mouth and open your heart to Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, on this day, I open my heart to you. I pray that you come and fill any void that I have inside. Be everything that I need. I turn over my life to you. Teach me how to live to honor my Father, to honor God. Thank you for forgiveness of my sins. Thank you for cleansing me with your blood. Thank you for everlasting life, Lord. I receive it today by faith in Jesus' name. 
amen and amen.